Welcome to another Wheel Nerds podcast. Hi, and welcome to Wheel Nerds. This is episode 45. I'm Chuck. And I'm Todd. We're going to be talking about motorcycles. And health tips. What? The first health tip, Chuck, is you should bathe once. Uh, And don't eat whatever it is you just ate. I'm kind of hungry. <laughs> I'm real snacky. You're always hungry. You're always snacky. <laughs> Do we have any chips in here? <laughs> the irritating thing, of course, is that Chuck is much skinnier than I am right now. With no apparent effort. <laughs> so, Chuck, let me ask you something. Yes. The big question on everyone's mind. I'm straight. No, not that one. The other question on everyone's mind. Is the Buell... You're straight. They know that already. <laughs> Though I do have great hair. Is the Buell going to run? Going to run? Well, <laughs> if I on a slope of favorable declension. <laughs> so have you have you gotten the components yet? Are we still waiting? Are they still sending the donkey? I, I got the spark plugs and I got the wires. Oh, good. The parts that are most likely to be okay. <laughs> the parts that are available at the shop down the street. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are here. Oh, good. The ignition okay. coil is uh, proving problematic. That donkey is just running for all he's worth. Well, I guess I need to go back to school. Because mm-hmm. I can't read the words in stock correctly. Oh, really? I mean, in stock to me means they could just pull it off a shelf and put it in a box sure. and it ships. As though it were in stock. Right. More specifically, in their stock. Yes, somewhere readily, readily grabbable. Mm. But uh, no, you know, it's been what? Two weeks almost now? You know, you'd think in the age of the internet, people could have inventory that was, I don't know, just go through as accurate. Well, yeah, because they listed on, on the webpage as, you know, in green, in stock, ships. And you're all excited. You're like, yeah. oh boy! I found it! Well, I guess they, they must have theorized, you know, it must be in stock somewhere. It's five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, cool. Yeah, they sent me an email yesterday saying, we're waiting on it to come from HD or one of our suppliers. Or they don't know... <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> really? Wow, that's uh the Now I understand why it was priced the way it was. <laughs> because I saw it on eBay for like eighty bucks. Yeah. And I was just like, holy crap, eighty bucks for just this piece. For a little coil pack, which is but a lot for a coil pack. Over here at this H D dealer it's it's huh. forty bucks. Yeah, I'll just and it says it's in stock. I'll just <laughs> order it from them. Hey, bonus. Chumps on eBay. <laughs> Joke, uh, jokes on on uh, yeah. <laughs> All I can imagine is that in the, at the office is this HD dealer. Mm-hmm. The parts manager is getting chewed out by the owner of the dealership because now he has to go to eBay to buy this thing for eighty bucks. <laughs> That's, what you for 40. <laughs> That's what they mean by aura supplier. And, and, and we're we're the winning bid right now. <laughs> Damn it got an email from a guy, one of the guys that ride Buells, because mm-hmm. I, I, I get correspondence from the Buell guys now. Well, and they have time to write emails, because if you're writing Buells, you shut up. be writing so much. He's got an 06 Ulysses, uh-huh. and he described his problems being really similar to mine, where mm-hmm. after about 20 minutes, mm-hmm. stuff goes wrong. Yeah. I've noticed something about the Ulysses, that the symptom of bike run shitty is the universal <laughs> symptom. <laughs> For the Ulysses. <laughs> For everything. Every cause ever. Anything. It what could, could be it mean? a flat tire. <laughs> Bike runs shitty. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Handlebars are bent. Bike runs shitty. Thread after thread on Bad Web about Ulysses running shitty. Headlight well, bulb burned out. Yep. Ulysses runs shitty. <laughs> Just anything. <laughs> anything. There was a solar flare today. My Ulysses is running shitty. 
Awesome. But he came up. He had one that I hadn't heard yet. Oh, good. I knew another. Another. Because there weren't enough. Yeah. And his problem sounded a lot like mine because he was saying it would run fine for 20 minutes and then things went south, mm-hmm. which is sort of what was happening to us. Vaguely. Vaguely. And uh, with him, it was he had a bad cam position sensor. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. That, that's something else to add to the list. Mm-hmm. That would potentially control the ignition, maybe. And the bad thing he told me was, in his case was when they uh, they pulled the computer on uh, on yeah. his Ulysses, the cam position sensor tested fine. Oh sure, yeah, everything's great. But when he swapped it out, the bike ran better. Oh, so wait, 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 back up. Ran well, or ran better? I I think he said it ran great. Okay, because better is well, it's better. What's sad about having to replace the cam position sensor is apparently where it is on the Ulysses was a part that underwent a little bit of redesign, mm-hmm. maybe ten minutes before the manufacturing line turned on. Oh, good. It's riveted in the covers, riveted in. The- so you gotta drill out the rivets. Okay, but it's okay because there are screw holes behind it, slightly. Off center. So if you don't mind is, putting the cover back on with the Buell logo angled weird, wait a minute. Then you could just screw it back in. Wait a minute. Rather than to use the Were they using a Siberian supplier for these parts? <laughs> Urbit Motorworks, maybe? Because this sounds this sounds suspiciously Eurily now. And I, I checked the uh, the service manual about those rivets. Yeah. And it said very in like bold print, use only HD approved rivets for this piece. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> or you could just do it like Eric and, you know, off-center the fucker and screw it in. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what I'll be doing. That seems like a solid option. Although I think I, you know, replace the coil first. Yeah, I'm going to replace the coil first because if, if it's taken me two weeks to get the coil, I don't know how long it'll take me to get a cam <laughs> position sensor. <laughs> Chuck! 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 What's wrong? <laughs> Your cam position sensor shut up. Thank God, it's been 40 years and we've been doing this crappy show and I still don't have a running mule. At which point I'll, I'll like mumble some sort of joke because I'll be senile. Senile. <laughs> oh, no. I don't obligatory mule joke. Penitent man. <laughs> a DeLorean will travel back in time. Eh? I've got your sensor. <laughs> Marty, Marty. Oh, no, don't get on the mule. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've swapped uh, the Buell and the Thruxton um, mm-hmm. garage places. The Buell, the Buell is now in the in the timeout yes. area of the garage. The Buell's in timeout next to the gas can and the baby stroller and the mm-hmm. sled and the, you know, fake tree. <laughs> and you're a brand new lawnmower. New lawnmower. I've got a sweet <laughs> new vehicle. Oh, yes. I'm a giant idiot and I bought a house. <laughs> The garage, the right side is the garage of the house is as big as my entire apartment. <laughs> what's a, what's great if you if you've known Todd for any number of years now is he's given me and other of our friends no end of crap whatsoever about us living Sub- in the suburbs, suburbs douchebags. <laughs> this has been this has been like pennies from heaven for Chuck. Yeah, yeah, because you're like two blocks from me now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. He he took me by his house. He's got a lawn and a he's fence. Got a ton of lawn. <laughs> garage i'm like huh so what size bermuda sh- should i get you <laughs> two hours ago i was standing in my ratty garage jeans and no shirt with a paint roller in one hand and one arm painted a little bit sage green and he was talking about football <laughs> sports are you doing this great chuck this one this one team did more sports than the other team <laughs> and then they won the, the match 
And I, I happen to have two lawnmowers because of, of a bizarre. I, I've got bad. Chuck okay. is suburbaner than me. You know what it is? I am bad at machines. Okay. No so, one's surprised. So I had a lawnmower uh-huh. and stored it for the winter. Yeah. And when I pulled it out, there was this cable that was snapped. Wait, what was the symptom? It was running shitty. Okay. Go on. <laughs> lawnmower was running shitty. Cable was snapped. So I took it to a shop to have it repaired. They had it for two months because the part's on back order. <laughs> I think I found the problem. <laughs> I think it's you. I'm going to get it, and I'm going to find some half-assed Todd fix to everything. Well, it runs fine now because, you know. Oh, good. The, I, I bought – after the first month, my lawn was like a jungle, so I had to <laughs> – No, the neighbors were coming over and asking, you know, questions. Well, you know, when you when you were coming over to my house with it, I got really nervous because I saw some vaguely ethnic guy coming up the road. Mm-hmm. And I was about to call the neighborhood watch, but then I realized you were pushing a lawnmower, so it was probably okay. <laughs> Neighborhood. You were probably diving for a Spanish to English dictionary. <laughs> no, hablo your language. I, I speak English, Todd. Si, mi amo, need mo I hate you so much. <laughs> oh, God. I feel like I feel like an imposter. I mean, I, I mean, I have, by the way, best band name ever, Suburban Imposter. That's good. I'm standing there and I'm like, I'm painting things in this house and I'm out there and I'm looking at the gutters and I'm up on my, my little like... My first bladder that it was great in my apartment now like reaches like halfway to my fucking gutters in the house. Listen to you, man. You're like, my first ladder, my first gutter, my first house. <laughs> Look, it's my first lighting fixture that I need. No, to no, no. Place. I don't mean I don't mean my first ladder like the first ladder I ever owned. I mean like my first ladder like fucking Fisher Price. <laughs> <laughs> it was great in the apartment. Now I get it out to the house and I'm like, Jesus Christ, I need a big boy ladder. <laughs> I'm standing out there in the gutters, and I'm looking at them like a monkey doing a math problem. I'm like, what the I, fuck am I supposed to do? I got to get a beer holder for your lawnmower just to complete. <laughs> Welcome to suburbia. Thank you. It's, I, Thank this, you. Is, it's, uh... this is like one of the highlights of my life now. I just, I just could look at you <laughs> and laugh and laugh. I want to know the first time you mow your grass. I want to come over and watch. <laughs> Sit up a lawn chair. I will. <laughs> <And it's> cooler. <laughs> How's that grass looking? Oh, God. <laughs> How's your sprinkler system? Working? Oh, the, the things—the things I'm. <laughs> I don't know how sprinkler systems work either. I don't know how things are wired. You're getting acceptable water pressure. I had, to, I had to learn how to tape things off for painting and. <laughs> <laughs> All right, wait, wait, we're we're way off the rails. <laughs> way off the rails. Forgive me, wheel nerds, for I have sinned. What have you done? I have thrown one of our own to the popo. Uh oh. <laughs> Who did you throw? I was coming home yesterday along Wasatch, Mm -hmm. and I get to uh, Wasatch and uh, Big Cottonwood, Mm -hmm. and a pack of billies came screaming out of Big Cottonwood. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And uh, they stopped at the corner, and they turned right to go screaming up, you know, Mm -hmm. Wasatch, winding up their motors, and I forgot to tap my head to say there was a cop sitting at the top of the hill. Oops. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure none of them got pulled over. No, no, certainly not. Seems unlikely. (laughs) Because, you know, you couldn't hear them spooling up their engines for a couple miles. <laughs> you know, that probably wasn't even an on-duty cop sitting behind the sign in No, in no, the pointing the radar gun. Yeah. No. no, no it's, it's, just, it's probably my imagination. They'll be fine. No, you're, you're good. You're, you're absolved. <laughs> you know, I, I waved. That's cool. Yeah, That's like, hi. Hey, guys. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> yeah, none of them way back. That's <laughs> weird. Yeah, weird, yeah, weird. Peculiar. Jerks. Way to go. Feeding Billy to the Popo. Mm-hmm. We've got a couple of good classifieds this week. We do. <clears throat> First one from Roland is uh, it. things are getting weird. That's not a typo. No, it's not. So from Roland, this is a $3,000 Yonda. A what? 
Ayanda. Several years ago, I majorly modified the frame of a 250YZ Yamaha to accept a 250cc four-stroke Honda motor. I got busy with other projects and never was able to finish it. Most of the hard work has been done with quality worksmanship. This would be a one-of-a-kind bike for you to finish this spring. Most parts to finish go with it. So it's a Yanda. Looks like a couple of dirt bikes sort of sandwiched. uh, Like two dirt bikes crashed and one came out the other side. (laughs) Is really what it looks like. Uh... That's mm-hmm. quality workmanship. Well, whoa, hey, that's uh, that that doesn't look right. I like the uh, the foam pod filter sticking off the back with the tape around it. Yeah, that's a really nice touch. That <laughs> is kind of like slightly sideways. Uh, I'm not feeling good about this. Oh no, I'm sure it's fine. Um, Everything's good. Would you rather ride this or the Buell? <sighs> My Buell. You don't know probably, when I was on fire. Yeah, probably the Buell. Actually, this is that. Kind of scary. <laughs> like I'm, I'm the, the Buell will just die and coast to the side of the road. This looks like it might just fall apart. <laughs> but it's got a no fear sticker on it. Yeah, no fear, Todd. Nothing says nothing says I'm rad like no fear. Um, so you know what this kind of reminds me of is those old like uh, they used to do this with British bikes all the time. They had the Triton, mm-hmm. which was a you took a Triumph and you shoved it into a Norton or some some combination of Triumph and Norton and it made a Triton, which sounds cooler than a Yonda. Yeah, it does sound a lot cooler. That's Triton. That's a uh, Yonda. He's he's been on quite a few other projects, I think, since this has seen yeah, a lot of day. Yeah, uh, that's that garage has a lot of things in it. This was under a tarp. Uh-huh. I think and, so. And for a long time they thought it was a body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I think probably this was one of those things where like the wife was like finally, all right. No, watch. Roland's going to write back and be like, I'm the one selling it, you dicks. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to advertise it on your show. It was me. (laughs) It was me all along. These things aren't really accepted in the suburbs. I would have gotten away with it, too, if it weren't for you kids. (laughs) (laughs) Next, Uh, that comes from Claire. From Claire, our friend Claire, who's a guy. He claims. We have a 2008... What? Really? A 2008 Kung Fu Whoosh. Sunnel 250 road bike for sale. The bike runs in all, but it has a few problems. I'm shocked about a Chinese bike. Go on. <laughs> the rear brakes don't doesn't work right now, so you will probably need to change it. You know, if you want to stop. stop. The body makes noises, but so you will need rescrew the plastic on the outside. I hate it when the plastic gets loose. <laughs> and of course, change oil and whatnot. Maintain service before using it this summer. Or ever. What not? I, I, the what not is terrifying to but me. But bike runs and I'll just need to touch up with stuff to make it go. Yeah, <laughs> just need to touch up with motor that runs. and, and So this is a Chinese bike. Yeah, this is one of those Chinese imports that you get at those sort of vaguely shady shops. <laughs> it's It's got that sort of quasi – it's trying to what look a little the... bit like a BMW. Yeah, sort of. And it even has like a logo that looks vaguely BMW-ish on the tail yeah, there. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's got the little circle even, but uh-huh. it's like not quite there. It's like Bizarro World BMW. So is this like the DVDs you buy on, you know, in Fifth Avenue in New York that, yeah, this of is... movies that haven't come out yet? Yeah, that or – you know what? This is This is, this is is the, the Grandma Fooler DVD in the supermarket. <laughs> you know, that's like the popular cartoon movie, like slightly changed. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, like story about toys. Oh, that whole, there's that company that just yeah. churns those out, churns knockoffs, like, transmorphers, yeah. and yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, this yeah, yeah. is uh, this is the this is the bike edition. The funny thing about those movies is you can tell they don't have much of a budget because uh-huh. almost every scene is a group of people standing in front of the camera talking. Yeah, because that's cheap. Like every scene's like that, even when they're fighting. 
Look out over there where they're shooting. Oh, God, that's horrible. <laughs> this yeah. bike is probably like that. <laughs> what you can't see is all the things going on off screen. <laughs> like the brakes not working. <laughs> no brakes. Uh, well, it's, it's, you know, it's anti-lock. <laughs> Any <laughs> round die by anti-lock. No, no, nothing, nothing so sophisticated as Japanese making fun of round eyes. No, no, no. This is like their. This is the Chinese. It's like their slightly off cousin. We made a bike. We think you might buy it. <laughs> Fancy good bike. Like very much. Kung fu. Can't form sentence. Kung fu. Whoosh. <laughs> Look, it's got a tail rack. That's, that's yeah. Adorable. I can't quite figure out the little dip in the tank there. That's really something else too. That's to put your book. Your book. Your book. Your book. Well, it doesn't run, so you gotta <laughs> do something while you're all sitting on it. Uh, that's a good point. If you're sitting on the side of the road a lot, and something, you amuse yourselves. You put your book there. So, our what if for the week, Chuck? This one is special for you, Chuck. What if your child announces they want a motorcycle? Fuck no, those things are dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good question, though. I mean, a lot of our listeners maybe have uh, teenagers coming up and they've been watching well actually if they have teenagers i guess you're safe right because anything you do is lame <laughs> so riding is lame it's something that old people do uh e- i don't know because there's there's so many different tribes of motorcycles oh that's true yeah if your dad's a cruiser guy you got to be like the sport i'm bike. gonna go ride sport bike <laughs> I'm sure that didn't happen yesterday. <laughs> Somebody's son is pulled over, Chuck. If any of you guys actually listen to the show, I'm sorry. The big thing here is going to be the kid. Because if your child is a Billy, and you probably know whether your child is a Billy or not. Yep. Bad idea. Bad idea. <laughs> really bad idea. It's time for it's time for a 1.5 liter or something slow and safe with lots of airbags. And it's not just the kid, but, you know, your spouse. Uh, that's true. I thought that spouse would definitely be an issue. She, she's like, you know, the only reason he wants to ride is because of you. Yeah. Doing those fucking stoppies every day in front of the house. Bringing your girlfriend over. <laughs> what? Huh? Nothing. What? <laughs> if something happens, you know, yeah. the, the kid dumps the bike and, you know, hurts Yeah, you're going to feel terrible. You're, you won't just feel terrible. You're going to get blamed. <laughs> yeah, this is true. I hadn't thought of that. I guess I guess the right thing to do though is if they're interested, you might as well try to get them started right. You know, you get a Ural and you make them ride in a sidecar. Well, I get I get a lot of this in my classes actually. You'll get like dad will be there with the son, who's just learning to ride, or and they're both dirt taking bikes the class. They're both taking the class together. Oh, okay. Or very often dad will drop the son off and they'll have to sign for him. And you know, he, he got good grades and so he's in here. Blah 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 kind of thing. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> Go away. Why are you still talking? The thing the thing about dads is they're like husbands. If they hang around, it just makes do you, makes it worse. Do you have money to give me? You you go forth and get a donut for the next 3 hours. <laughs> That's an awfully big donut. I don't care. Go away. <laughs> I'm going to sit in the parking lot and watch you over my steering wheel to make sure you do it right. Get off my range. <laughs> don't forget to tell him the front bake is useless. Ugh. <laughs> Hasn't been too bad so far. I have I have sent a couple husbands running. Are you going to teach us how to jump off the bike? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think if you got them early, I mean, because if they're announcing to you, mm-hmm. that's good, right? Because they're telling you what they want to do, and or are they just doing it to be a pain in the ass? I don't know. Well, they're telling you because you have the wallet. Oh yeah, right. That <laughs> money. Hey, that. that's a good point. When I was a teenager, I want a motorcycle. I bet you do. <laughs> yeah, you know, but we believe you. <laughs> You could say, you know, that would be like, okay, you, you do that and you get shot down. And then you're like, okay, now I got to find money somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But your first try is going to be, well, you're the one with the wallet. 
Yeah. I'm going to ask you. I want a motorcycle. I want thing. I want thing A. I got told as a kid, actually, motorcycles were totally out until I was out of the house and on my own insurance. I, I was told motorcycles are out. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Okay. <laughs> That's why it wasn't until I moved three states away uh-huh. that you could you could finally feel like you could get away with it. But I couldn't feel like the arm reaching in through the window. What do you think <laughs> you're doing? He had big fists. <laughs> and your mom gives that mom look that you can feel through walls and like across <laughs> state lines where they're like, mm. Oh, God, my friend Alex. Sorry, Alex. He dumped his ninja today. Mm-hmm. The guy with the, one of the wee ninjas from yeah. last year. He, I guess he dumped it in the parking lot today. <laughs> His, uh, I, I think it's his mom who's posting on his Facebook, you need to get rid of that monster. Oh, man. <laughs> you sell that right now. <laughs> if you fall in a parking lot, what will happen to you on the motorway? Uh, She's British. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> in fact, she didn't even call it a parking lot. What did she call it? Like a what? car park? Yes, a car park. If you fall in a car park, what will happen on the motorway? I don't know. We don't have those here. I had I, I typed out literally 12 different responses and then had the presence of mind to delete them all before Good they plan. went Because I'm like, your mom is picking on you on Facebook. <laughs> the kids, man. Ah. Sorry, Alex. <laughs> I think you got to start them right. I think it's going to have to be a start your... If your kid wants to be a motorcycle riding noob, put your money where your mouth is. If you feel like it's... Something that they might be able to handle, then start them right. How young can you be to take the BRC? 16. You have a driver's license. I see very few 16-year-olds. I was just thinking, you know, some of those parents Mm -hmm. or some kids, they start on those little pocket bikes at the track. Yeah. You know, you're like 8 or 10. I "I want to ride a bike. I get a fair number of teenagers. The ones who I do see that are 16 usually have been riding dirt bikes since they were about 10. Which is real and common here. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, totally. And then they will usually listen really well, better than the adults do quite often, and they will do great in the class. Mm. So uh, I'm, I have to say that starting the kid early seems to lead to a happy, fruitful riding career. Okay, well, cool. Um, I don't know. Sophie comes to me at 16, says she wants to ride a bike. Uh, my, thing, my thing I think about it, I keep thinking about it, is at 16 you have no idea how to pilot any vehicle on the road. <laughs> yeah. You seriously just don't know what the road is like. You just have no frame of reference. You have no experience. Yeah. You know, your brain is still developing. Yeah. And and your judgment very, centers are non-functional. It's hard enough to drive a car. Yeah. I, I'd be tempted to make them drive a car for a year. Yeah. At and least a year. At least a year and just, you know, see how they do. Because, you know, when you're mowing over brick mailboxes in <laughs> a neighborhood during that winter. That doesn't sound hypothetical at all. Turns out those make really... Loud noises when oh. an SUV explodes one. Good to know. And, of course, the kid was only going five miles an hour. Sure. And wasn't on the phone mm-hmm. or texting. Right. And just some avoided a cat by It, it was a freestanding object, Chuck. <laughs> they're, like, they're like, oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, freestanding objects jump out in front of me nonstop. Well, th- this was two of them because he, he took out both mailboxes. The mailboxes, man. Those fuckers are fast. I didn't realize that five miles an hour you can explode two mailboxes oh, with sure, an SUV. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, if I, Send mm-hmm. bricks across the street. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. Mm-hmm. That kid probably doesn't need a bike. <laughs> Not for a few years. On the other hand, maybe he does need a bike because then I'd still have a mailbox. <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> yes, it is. There's a bigger question here, though, and that's really the dealing with noobs thing. Yeah. I think it's that time of year we probably need to talk about noobs. Noobs! Don't ride, it's dangerous. Motorcycles, dangerous. They'll kill you, get, get donor cycles. 
do you hear the echoey, spirity voice of David Huff? Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> but yeah, the noobs. And I think this year, let's talk about dealing with noobs because sure, we've told noobs what they need to buy, which is a small, crappy bike, mm-hmm. get a lot of gear and take a class. But okay, the noob who listens to us is no problem. But talking to noobs is often hard, especially when they're like not sure if they want to be noobs. If you come across them in the wild. Surrounded by non-riders. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's a tricky spot. Mm. Although, here's what I'm thinking. Maybe maybe we need a different opinion on this one. What what do we have in here, anyway, for a backup post? Uh, hold on. Ugh. Oh, yeah. Here, wait, here's the file. Uh, neighbor of writer? Uh, too clueless. My mom? Uh, too negative. My dog? Uh, too smart. Oh, how about this? Uh, Chris Gore of Podcrash. Hey, how's it going, guys? So what got you into riding a bike? Was it just the, the practicality thing, or was it... <laughs> practicality. <laughs> well, no, no. <laughs> was it the chicks? Like, anything you like that, it's like, to me, I really just thought it was cool. Like, like I'm being a big fan of, like, James Dean and a big fan of, like, The Wild One uh, with Marlon Brando. Easy Riders, one of my favorite biker movies. I'd never ridden a motorcycle. And so when it was – my buddy was selling it, I'm like, yeah, I'll buy it. Not, not even knowing how to ride a bike at all. I just bought it just right there. You were riding a Triumph Daytona, right? Yeah, a 72 Triumph Daytona 500 that basically uh, took a part to the bone, uh, to the frame. Bone, frame, same thing. Uh, Put it back together, and in that whole process, I mean, learn, first of all, uh, Triumphs are, I'm not going to say they're unreliable, but make sure you have some side bags with some tools in it. (laughs) I can't speak to the modern Triumphs. I mean, to me, they don't even look like Triumphs. They look like those, I don't know, those jet bikes that people tend to like that are out of Akira. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) But I, I loved it. I loved it because, A, I mean, I bought this thing for like 600 bucks and it, it barely ran. So I wanted to restore it. And it was, it was really a practical matter. You know, it was I could save so much money riding a bike. And because it was a classic bike, I only paid 125 bucks for insurance. And then it was $3 a week in gas. Of course, this was, you know, this was in the 90s, early 90s. Mm-hmm. And it was – I loved it. I mean it was like one of those things where first of all, I don't I, – I never got to ride out in the country, which is something you guys get to enjoy being in Utah. Oh, yeah, when the bike's running. <laughs> yeah, when the bike's running. But, <laughs> I, I, but driving in the city is a whole different story and like it's just bumper-to-bumper traffic and it drives me nuts. It's, it, it drives me insane. And you know when you're on a bike, if you can safely – once cars are on a full stop, I just pull right up to the front. I would pull right up to the front of a light and then just like go my merry way past everybody. And you know it's not that difficult, but I did take like a training course that they have with the, you know, the, the DMV. They, they have this training course. Except I was sitting here riding my Triumph, and it was a 500. They had these little like Honda 125s that like it was like dri- riding a toy car. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, well, Todd's a teacher. Yep. <laughs> oh, really? They're fun. <laughs> They're fun, but they were like overly responsive, I thought. And, you know, the, the, the Triumph was just a bit more creamy, you know, between the legs. And <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean anything by that, guys. 
But I, you know, I first I love to be mechanical, and I feel like now we've kind of lost that sense of that. You know, where I'm only mechanical when it comes to technology, or if I want to mod my car. But mm-hmm. what was cool about the Triumph? Well, there was cool, good and bad things. One, you know, it was like getting those NOS parts. You know, the new old stock stuff. Like that was a pain in the ass. I'd always have to order from someplace in Florida, and they'd have great stuff. Then I would go to pick your parts because I also had like a 1965 Champagne Gold Ford Fairlane. <laughs> and that thing was uh, it, so but, but this is you know i feel like that that just you, doesn't exist anymore i feel like that whole kind of car culture you know build it yourself restore it is over that era is kind of gone and now it's migrated to technology and computers and that's how guys brag now is the size of their hard drives instead of like what they built themselves well yeah because you can just go yeah. to the internet and order stuff out of catalog and have the mm-hmm. auto zone install it for you or something but you know, like, you guys have classic bikes. What do you guys have? Well, what do you have, Todd? I've got a Euro, which is not technically classic, but sure feels like it sometimes. Well, the design hasn't changed since, uh... 30s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when the new casing had to come from uh, Siberia, that was, uh, that was a long wait. Wow. I'm actually riding a modern Triumph. I'm on a, a 2012 Thruxton. Ooh, which how is, are those? It is a fun bike. I mean, you know, it's it's that retro vintage, faux vintage look where they, they make the, the fuel injector look like a carburetor. It's a blast to ride. It is a lot of fun. So you don't have to tickle the carb before you start? No, but it has like this f- fake choke that <laughs> <laughs> uh, feeds it more gas if you want because the wow. computer can't. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> understand that one at all. But it's cool. <laughs> wow. I, I see. I've been tempted lately. I mean, I'll tell you. I stopped riding, and I'll tell, I'll tell you why later. But I, but I've been tempted lately just because I see like how good they are now. They're cheaper with the price of gas. Like I really feel like you know these these. I see these like giant SUVs. Like I guess I can understand if you work in a job in construction and whatnot. Like you need to have a vehicle that has a lot of space. You need a big truck like that. But those are just some of those are just so unnecessary. When I see like mom picking up the kids from school, it's like you don't need a you don't need a vehicle that large. You're but it's safer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm worried about safety. I barely felt the '72 Triumph under my wheels. '72 <laughs> uh, Triumph is it was it was fine. It was just enough for me. You know, I'm not a big guy. I'm like. You know, I'm like a five ten. At the time, I probably weighed like one forty. Now I'm now I'm a little bit more. But I I love the sense that the one thing was I loved about riding, which is why I was so hooked, was it was the closest I felt I'd ever get to feeling like I was flying. Oh yeah, I know that feeling. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, I would always yeah. I mean, that's that's what addicts you as as a rider. Like just just as like I feel like I'm flying, and I I would always stick my arms out. I had like the, the you know that the handlebars on those the bars on those are like these like you stick your arms all the way out. And you want to have like I, I had a pair of like gauntlet style like leather gloves so that you know the wind wouldn't go down my sleeves. And I just sit there and make sure that we're and it was it was just a, like I would imagine in my head I was Superman the Christopher Reeve version like. <laughs> In my brain, I was like, da, 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 da. so you know, he's like particular to pick out. It's Christopher Reeve. <laughs> yeah, not that other Superman. That guy sucks. Not George, or you know, the one that got shot. Or <laughs> right, right. No, but that, that was that was my that was a Superman that I, I I liked. I liked it more for the soundtrack than anything else. And the the oh, first yeah. one and a half mm-hmm. movies, but but yeah, like that. that <laughs> the great thing was that, like, also with and you guys know this. Like, it's weird in L.A. I mean, you guys. You guys, I'd say, probably a little spoiled because you've got, like, you're in Utah already where, you know, people are it's very outdoorsy. You can, I mean, I've been to Utah mostly for the Sundance Film Festival and I've been yeah. to the Sundance Institute, but not for, 
not just to go for recreational purposes, but it is, I mean, it is such a beautiful state. I mean, it's just, there's so much you can do. Mm-hmm. We like it. Yeah. I mean, you can get, yeah, and you're in LA and that sucks. LA, I, I you know, I, I live here reluctantly for work. I, I'm not proud of it. I, I can't say, you know, it's, it's good for work and, and it's not good for social life. It's not good for, it's definitely yeah. not good for riding motorcycles. I grew up in San Diego and I dated uh, a girl in Newport Beach. So I, I spent a lot of time up north there and it was miserable traffic wise. You know, I could, what was cool also is as you, as you know, like parking is insane in LA, not just, you know, trying to find parking, but then you got to pay four bucks, eight bucks, 10 bucks, 12 bucks. It's, it's ridiculous. And you know, you can always park for free in a motorcycle. I'm between those two cars. Let me just rear put my rear back in here. I'm good. So, so between the parking, the gas, and like the insurance being 125 because it was a classic bike, 125 annually. I, I that was it. I was sold. I mean, that was that was the thing. It was the almost dying several times that that stopped me <laughs> riding. Did you have people trying to talk you out of riding? It was. I'll tell you what it was. Is at the time I got married and I had like a young daughter. I mean, she was like just born and I was riding. It was a practical thing. My then wife had the car. She had the 65 Fairlane. And mm. then I had the, the motorcycle. This is the first just, time a 65 Fairlane has ever been called practical in the history of the world. <laughs> it's nine miles to the gallon. I mean, I love that car, but it was, it was totaled by, and it was the second car I had totaled just parked on the street by a drunk driver. <laughs> you need, you need sneakier cars for a better parking spot. Pain in the ass, really. Anyway, so she had the car, you know, shopping and whatever. And I was like, I'll just take the motorcycle. I got a backpack. I got my side bags, throw everything in there. And I'd ride my motorcycle to work, save me a lot of money when my daughter was born you know it, de- it definitely was then sort of the bug put in my ear like hey you know maybe you want to be more careful i'd always have my grandmother bothering me like you know you wear a helmet right and it's like oh definitely and i had one of those <laughs> bike helmets with leather on the side oh god <laughs> <laughs> so kind of yes <laughs> yeah exactly but it's not- a thing on my head it's not like a bell helmet you know i mean it's not uh yeah it's what can you say? I mean, eventually I did get sort of my one compromise was, all right, I'll get a full face helmet. So I did, mm-hmm. but I almost got killed so much driving in LA. It's like, like, I like to say that Los Angeles has the highest, highest concentration of asshole drivers in the world. I mean, incredibly inconsiderate people. And I don't think I need to tell you guys this. I mean, it's just, to me, that, that is a fact that should be on Wikipedia. Everyone's kind of angry in LA if they're driving. It's mm. the roads are are really kind of that gnarly. Yeah, mm. they act like you would, I guess, if you thought you were anonymous on the internet. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> well, you are in your car with the yeah. tinted windows. <laughs> I can say anything. I can blast my music as loud as I want. I can do this. I can. I can be run on over that I mean, guy. We have this. We have this law in LA that you're supposed to. You're actually supposed to not be on the phone, and you're supposed to have a hands free. So it's hooked up to a Bluetooth headset or a Bluetooth hands free. No yep. one is following. I can tell you, it's one percent true. No one is following this law. Not one person. He's right. It's a California law, and everyone I see in San Diego still talks on their phone. <laughs> They're still talking on the phone, holding it. It's not hands free. Yep. They don't understand, you know. Even the cops. <laughs> and, and first of all, I hate talking on my phone in the car. I despise it. It's not. If I have to, it's like for an emergency only or whatnot. Or I'll pull over to to send a text. Shocking, I know. 
But yeah, I, I, are you sure? I absolutely, because I just, I don't trust myself. I really don't trust myself. I mean, already, I'm usually listening to a book. I've got, you know, my GPS telling me where to go. Like, I, I'm going to pull over. I'll send that important text. It, it can wait, whatever it is. It's not, it's just not worth it. But driving in LA, I, I almost got killed so many times. And I'd seen an accident. I have a vivid memory of being a kid. I was probably like seven, eight years old driving with my grandmother and we saw an accident on the opposite side of a freeway where a guy had spilled on his motorcycle and it shot up sparks. So he was, I mean, he was down on the freeway and sparks were flying out. I mean, <laughs> intensely. It was like, I had no idea what happened. We passed, but that vivid memory really shocked me as a kid. And then I also, a, a guy that I made friends with uh, named Vincent Waller, who would work on, he worked on the Ren and Stimpy show for Spumco and he's an animator. And cool. he told me a story about his uncle who got in a, a motorcycle accident. He got an accident somehow where his arm got tangled up in some of the, you know, where it went like under something. His arm got tangled up and pulled off all the skin on his arm and turned it into, it's like it, it came off in like a meat sleeve. Everyone's got the, the uncle story, I think. I, I think I'm, I'm I saw convinced. that in a movie once. Yeah, I, I'm always suspicious of the, the uncle-cousin story. And then this guy and he did uh, well. I do have like two friends who actually have like permanent lips, but it was the same accident for both of them. Like they were making a left hand turn and they were behind a car. So their whole thing was, and, and my philosophy was, okay, if you're in LA, you're behind a car, you're making a left hand turn. That's, that's the bad, that's where people don't see you and people don't look for most mm -hmm. drivers. So I would always just lay on my horn when I went through intersections. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are, you're so lucky living in Utah. Like, did, did you put on a, like a different horn, like a big old like boat horn or something? Um, no, I had that typical triumph. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we're laughing. Because <laughs> the sound was, but it, it was loud enough to let people like, you know, uh, I mean, it was just to me like, all right, like I'm going to do, my family doesn't want me to ride this motorcycle. So I'll just do, right. I'll do the full face helmet. Fine. And then I'll, I'll lay on my horn when I go through intersections. Fine. I'll, I'll just do that. But, the worst part was when I would get in these near accidents, it was always someone like I'm going between traffic. They're trying to do something or they're, they're not looking for me. You know, they're coming in another lane. You guys must have been in near accidents. People don't see you. Nope. They're, they're changing lanes. They're not looking for someone on a motorcycle. And I remember a couple times this happened where someone was just a jerk. You know, they don't give you enough room to go around you because they think, oh, he's a bike rider. He doesn't need enough room. Um, I would pull up to those guys. And I'm not a tough guy. I mean, not, I'm not intimidating in any sense. But – so I would pull up to these guys after almost getting sideswiped and like and and killed and I would I would pull right up to their car. I'd look right at the guy, I'd point my finger. I'd pull up my you know my visor just so I'd look him right in the eye and I'd say, "Hey man, you see that?" and I would point to my leg. That's flesh, not metal. Watch your driving. And that was it. So and and I And no one ever hit you with the door or anything. <laughs> And I didn't care who it was, but the tone of voice and because I was on a motorcycle and because I had leather on, they assumed I was tough. I'm definitely not tough. I mean, I, you know, I'm yeah. a geek. I mean, these so, days, that kind of thing, you, you'd like, you get rage. Yeah, you get, they would just merge into you and say, oh, well, I have a side impact bag. Yeah, exactly. Well, then he, then he gets in the big, cool them. fight with them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big, cool fight. But I see fewer and fewer riders these days. I, I kind of feel like it's just not something that's that's practical in L.A. because unless you live outside the city, just because it's it's uh, people are such aggressive drivers, they're careless and they're they're so inconsiderate. So I, I feel like I lost it. Like after a while, it was it was just 
one of those things where, and I, and, and I miss it to today. I mean, it's disheartening. Well, uh, let me ask you this. Uh, you, you say you have a, a daughter? Yes. How old is she? Well, she's 19 now. 19? Well, so what if she comes to you now and says, hey, dad, I want to, I want to ride a bike? Um, I'd say you should do it, but not in LA. Don't, if, if, I hope you're moving. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> to Utah. Move out. <laughs> but when I see, but I see people riding these. I don't see how they do it. Those little like Vespa type things, like the scooters. The, the scooters. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like I've never ridden one of those, but that seems so. It's you're riding a toy. You are riding a toy. That's cute, little hipster girl. But it's a toy. <laughs> Does your daughter know you think she's a hipster? Uh, she's peak like her dad. I'm very proud of her. But but if she but if she asked me, I'd just say you know be safe. I'm, I'm already paranoid because she's she drives a car to school. I'm already paranoid because of that. I mean I don't know if you guys have kids, but yeah. like you you know you just want them to be safe. You know not do anything stupid like texting while you're driving or something dumb that kids tend to do these days. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, my my little girl's three, so all I have to worry about is her eating Legos. Yeah, well, wait till she gets a cell phone. You, you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> they get them younger and younger now. Yeah. I was on a show called Geek Dad, and that's the whole premise of that show is how kids use technology and how it's like affected parenting. I mean, it's not a big deal now, but I'll bet your three-year-old daughter, if you put an iPad in front of her, she'd know how to use it. It's instinctive. She steals chucks. Yeah, yeah. Do it. She's <laughs> claimed the iPad is hers. She's, she has sent me email from it. <laughs> oh, my God. That's it, it, it's not a letter, mind you, but there's, there's characters on it. Oh, my God. That's, first of all, it's super cute. But, it, I mean, it just really shows you how it's a different world. It's wacky. I, I guess there's just different things to complain about. So would you want to go back to writing? A- absolutely only if I didn't live in LA, like, cause, because just because it's such a practical way of getting around. And it's also that sense of, there's a sense of freedom. Everyone says this, I, it's cliche, but you, but you, you know it when you're feeling it, when you're riding on the thing. And it's that sense of like, ah, this, this is, this is what it's like to fly. This is what it is like to fly when you, especially when you've got something more than a 500 between your legs, you know, definitely a bigger, a bi- something with a little bigger engine and you gun it. it it's just, it's, it's it's like that extra burst in a racing video game. I'm trying mm-hmm. to explain it to my audience. Uh, no, we're, we're, we're nerds. We're, we're, we know nothing of these video games. We're cool bike riding guys who don't wear onesies and play video games in the offseason. Right. Hey, I got to show you that mod I got for Skyrim. Sweet! <laughs> but, it's, yeah, but it's like that whole, like, when you get that burst, I mean, like, like and, and what's so funny is, is once I actually sold my bike, it was so disheartening. It was in the garage. I just had to, like... My kids were like at an age where I'm like, I really need to rethink this, you know, and I can afford a car now. So I did get one. <laughs> I can afford a car. That was part of it. I, I didn't get rid of the bike, but I kept it for a while. I finally ended up selling it on eBay one Christmas, just thinking it. And it was just to watch it go away was really disheartening. But then it was like, well, they do make they do make motorcycle riding video games, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> there was that one for EA Sports. What was the one? It was so, it always had like, it had always had too many ads. That's all I remember from it. It was, there was just like, well, it's EA. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. There was so much advertising in this video game. It was annoying, but I, I that was just the, the, the only way I could sort of recreate the experience was just doing that. And all it did was just like tap into my memory about it. Chris, I got a piece of advice for you, and this is probably going to sell a lot of Urals to your listeners, too. Let's hear it. First of all, if you like old vintage, you'll love the Ural. You like working on stuff? You like a little quirky? You're going to love it. Bring a good toolkit. You'll need it. Good. Here's the other cool thing about riding a sidecar. When you ride a sidecar, it doesn't lean. You go around a corner, and you learn to drift it. And I'm just going to throw this out for your listeners. Riding a sidecar? Blue sparks. Whoa. Enough said. 
Nice. Mario Kart turns every turn. <laughs> so wait, how do you spell Ural? U R A L. That's it. So that's the name. Of, that's the name of the bike. All right, I'm, I'm googling it right now. It's uh, it's the it's the sidecar motorcycle of history. <laughs> it's pretty much the one you can get with the sidecar, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of you know that whole vintage look is back in. You see guys like Brad Pitt and Ewan McGregor. They're riding Urals. They're riding uh, mm-hmm. what's mm-hmm. the, the theirs are triumphs. a lot cleaner than mine. <laughs> <laughs> I rode mine through the winter, and they have mechanics that work on them. I have me. Yeah. Pictures right now. It looks amazing. Oh, God. So there's no, you don't have to worry about leaning. Like every time I would get, I would, you know, I would give my friends ride. It's like, well, just pull down the side pegs. That was the thing that you could, I could never recreate was rubber. And whenever I'd find a place that had good rubber, I'd always buy extra rubber because that stuff didn't last long. You know, the foot pegs and the, they just. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. One of mine fell off and our friend (laughs) ran over it, went off the side of the road. We never saw it again. Oh, man. I haven't ordered a new one because I don't want to wait for it from Siberia. No, I got to ask. Parts just fall. What is it like to be in the sidecar? I mean, effectively, you feel like you're in a video game except without a controller. I I can speak to that. You're actually very active in the sidecar. You better be. Nobody rides for free. You're not just sitting in a sidecar. You are leaning left and right with every turn. Mm -hmm. You are? You are. Oh, yeah. An active monkey makes a huge difference because it's all about weight transfer, right? So on a motorcycle, it tilts. Okay. If you go around, I mean, think think about like an old slush bucket car because that's really what the shocks are like on a hero. Say you're Ford Fairlane. Yeah, Ford Fairlane. If you go around a left turn really hard on a Ford Fairlane, what do you do with your body? Well, yeah, you. I mean, you, you slide. You, you, can, you definitely kind of slide. You got to yeah. have something on there to keep you in place. Those cars. Yeah, are big. you kind of you kind of lean into it to keep yourself upright. Well, it's like that, but more so. Now you get your monkey leaning over over the bike or out over the open road below him to try to get the weight where you want it. Oh man, what do you, what do those things run? Uh, that's the bad news. <laughs> oh, yeah, new new thirteen grand. Wow. Used half that. Wow. Yeah, yeah, and you know you could buy a decent motorcycle for like two grand, three yeah. grand. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, you're you're putting more money into it, but they are fun as crap. Mm-hmm. Now, now, do you guys have favorite biker movies? Like, oh, I think that would have to be Torque. Torque. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember Torque? It came out a few years ago. Martin Henderson, Ice Cube. Oh, I don't know that one. Torque. Oh, I'm right oh, down. Oh my god. It is a uh it, it you would call it's a good bad movie. Okay. <laughs> it's a kind of movie to watch with friends with some beers and you just make fun of the whole time. Yep. Th- those are my favorite. Like look, it's like there is such a thing as a good bad movie. I mean, like yes. Oh, totally. Th- that's a whole genre unto itself, but Torque, I am looking that one up. Torque is is fun because it doesn't t- it's it's the fast and furious of motorcycle movies, but they totally know there's, what they're doing. Yeah, there isn't that pretension. Right. They're, they're not taking themselves seriously with this movie. Wow. In wow. fact, our last episode of Wheel Nerds was a commentary track for Torque. Yeah. You, so I could cue it up and listen to your commentary track. Right. You, yep. you guys are nerds. <laughs> DVDs and motorcycles. Hence the name. Yeah, we play video games. I've got a room full of Japanese robot models. There's a lot of robots in here. Yeah, uh, for, yeah. We, we, that's another podcast right there. Yeah, I, I'm really into Gundam, so I'm a, I'm a nerd. Uh, the, the thing is, is though, nerds. Let let. I feel like we won. We oh won. totally oh, yeah we won, dude. <laughs> absolutely, we won. Nerds won. We did it. And now we all ride motorcycles. I, I like bad movies so much. I like the Ghost Rider movies. 
<laughs> I, well, yeah, the, the Ghost Rider movies, I feel like they're not as good. I mean, in terms of like, I feel like because it's so digital to me, it just looks fake. Yeah, it, it does it, look. It's like watching a cartoon. They did a better job on the sequel yeah. um, as far as uh, making them look more gritty. Right. Yeah. But it's still, I mean, it's like they're missing something really load-bearing dirt. <laughs> yeah, it just looks... I mean, I'm I'm fine. I'm fine with Nicolas Cage doing the role. Yeah, but uh, there's there's it's like they're they're missing something from either the writing or the direction that could really sell those movies. Mm. Yeah, there's something. It just looks to me. I'd almost rather see it raw or even just practical effects. Digital effects to me always just take me out of something. Mm. When you see, especially when you're seeing a digital effect of something that you're familiar with in real life, like okay. riding, riding a motorcycle, it just looks it looks fake. That won't bother you as much at the end of Torque. Is <laughs> it just yeah. totally stupid? You, you, yeah. Uh, it's not all. It, it defies explanation. It's probably 90% CGI. I feel like some of those, like when you look at it, I feel like Ghost Rider, was it made by a guy who like, d- 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 has ever ridden a motorcycle, you know? like. Oh, you always, you always see the, the, the physics-defying device in action there. Yeah, it oh, doesn't yeah. hold up. Well, uh, You're familiar with the movie Priest? Priest, yeah, of course. So you know, you remember the the motorcycles in those movies? Oh yeah, yeah. Those those uh, the the commentary track for that they talk about how those bikes were unrideable. They had to have uh, tricycle wheels on them to keep them upright for the actors. Oh wow! And and then they had to chop the bikes in half and then just put put that back in digitally because that's how bad the bikes were in real life. Wow. Oh, that's embarrassing. <laughs> Yeah. Well, then uh, Anne uh, Anne Hathaway runs into the really expensive camera with the bat bike. Right. Yeah. That's that 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 whole scene. They they, they oh. can't seem to make bikes look like bikes. They're desperate to make bikes not look like bikes in movies. Yeah. They want so them like, look cool. Let's talk about it because first of all, I have to tell you what my favorite motorcycle film is of all time, and it's not oh, the yeah. Usual Suspects. It's not mm-hmm. Easy Rider. You know, it's not the Wild One. It's not one that I'm sure you guys are familiar with it, but it may surprise you. Akira. Uh, no. Well, Akira is definitely like Akira has and, – and I'm so glad they didn't end up making that, that version that they were going to make. But Akira's amazing, those scenes. Like, I mean they really sold it. I mean, yes, it's a cartoon. But yeah, Akira is, uh, is definitely on the list um, of, of some of the great scenes. But uh, mine well, – I guess I should just tell you what it is. Yeah. And what's weird is is that I just looked it up online. <laughs> Here's what's You're just telling is not the same as ours is. <laughs> Building up to it. I'm building- Get on with it. <laughs> it's um, it's it's a movie made in 1973, and it's it's called Psychomania. Do you guys remember this? I do not know I this movie. I think I saw the preview for that. Really? On YouTube somewhere. Oh, it is one of these. It's like the biker exploitation type of movie. It's a British. It's a British bike exploitation movie with zombies. So <laughs> what it is? What this? What this film is? George Sanders is in it, and he's a British actor that you would recognize. He's been in a million things. The premise of the film is it's this bike gang that loves to fuck with people. They'll like go places and they'll mess with people, whatever, and they laugh. And so they're like this sort of mean motorcycle gang. And the, the lead character is this guy Tom, who is this spoiled rich kid. He's on this motorcycle and he knows that like his family is into the occult, and he discovers the secret that if you believe that you will come back from the dead when you commit suicide you will come back and then you are immortal and no one can kill you so what happens is this entire motorcycle gang they all kill themselves and then no one can stop them the cops can't stop them they're like shooting them and they're they're basically like risen from the dead as this like immortal motorcycle gang that 
you know, can't be killed and can't be stopped. Well, I just looked it up online and they changed the name of it. It's it's recently been re-released as The Death Wheelers. I got to see this movie. It, it, yep. I'm, I mean, <laughs> I Set it up. DVD as uh, just – I, I do own the DVD of Psychomania. It's one of my all-time favorites. I must have seen it a million times as a kid on TV. It used to scare the crap out of me. You'd laugh at it now. But it's it's one of those where it's got like really hot-looking chicks. And the premise behind it is really messed up because yeah. everyone in the movie kills themselves on purpose. They they orchestrate bizarre ways of killing themselves. And then all the dead bodies are in, in the mortuary and they all just wake up and no one can stop them. I gotta see this movie. We've got to watch. <laughs> yeah, we gotta queue this one up. <laughs> or the Death Wheelers. It's probably on like Instant Play on Netflix or something. It's oh it's, hell yeah! Look for the Death Wheelers or Psychomania. But that movie had such an, such an impression on me as a kid that I just I, it's sort of all those things that were planted in my head. And it's just like when I can, I'm I'm gonna ride a motorcycle when I can do it. Um, <laughs> it's just that Los Angeles has betrayed me. <laughs> Look for the remake of the Death Wheelers coming soon. <laughs> okay, so I got to ask you guys this because you mentioned this earlier. You mentioned the Bat Bike. I mean, that is in the Dark Knight. That is one of the to me. Yes, it is sort of a weird design for a, a motorcycle that comes. Who knew that he had a motorcycle under the Batmobile? I just keep it hidden there. Yeah, just in case. Just in case. But how do you think – like I've seen actually videos on YouTube where people try to recreate the – like a a real version of that bike. Like have you seen those videos? Yeah, we've we've covered that on the show. Uh, uh, Quite a few shops have have built a version of the BatPod and they're they're all kind of varying degrees of accuracy. Mm -hmm. I just think like how practical is that because I feel it would be really dangerous like to ride in that style i guess maybe you could well if you've got a cape and cowl you know that would probably be a little dangerous those never get caught in anything no <laughs> exactly that would just rip his head off but i but uh, i don't know it, it's 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 broadly wildly impractical i mean the things you see about it first of all you look at the wheelbase of the thing and it's like a million feet long it's yeah. just longer than long and the tires are like a foot and a half wide tires are super duper wide which are not really a very turny shape for a tire you need a round tire to really right. turn and there'll be all these people arguing about well you can get a tire that squishes on the side and use a car realistically you want a tire you can roll up on the side of something like that you're going to need a lot of force to roll up on the side of which brings us to the problem of control you're going to need some way to affect some steering on those tires and if you're lying on your stomach you're using like the worst muscles in your body to operate <laughs> the controls <laughs> So, so what you're saying is, this is the 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 bat pod was made to look cool in a movie, but it's not practical in real life. Yeah, there's a reason it rammed into a camera. <laughs> it, it'd probably be a great bike for the drag strip. That's true. Yeah, because it's got the long wheelbase. It's mm-hmm. got the a lot of rubber on the ground, mm-hmm. but uh, not on a track. God forbid the road should turn. It's why in uh, the Dark Knight he has to do that turn with the wheels flipping over and over and over instead yes, the, the of turning like a real bike. Flying device. <laughs> yeah, and also just the, the, to me, I'm just looking at that going like, okay, that looks cool, but like his cape might get caught in the wheel. Might God. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you, there's some outtakes. Yeah, I hope it's you know, attached like, with Velcro. <laughs> you do have to be real careful, you know, when you're riding a bike. That's you got to know. You have to just sort of have a presence. I mean, it's. It's one of those things where it's like the machine becomes part of you in a sense. You you really feel it, you know, like so you wanna wear clothes that are 
practical for that purpose. Whenever I see people like, oh, that's really cute, young hipster wearing that cute outfit. But if you spill on that thing, you're not going to have any skin left. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it hurts just as much at 30 miles an hour on a scooter as it does on a motorcycle, it turns out. And hipsters right. don't quite get that. Yes. You know, <laughs> a lot of scooter riders don't. Yes. And to that, I say science. <laughs> we don't need none of that science stuff. Your science is lame and played out, Chris. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so, but like, I wonder: are there? Because what's funny is, is that you know the bat pod design people have tried to recreate it, but then also the suit. There's actually a motorcycle suit that you can buy that is Dark Knight. Yep, there's a Batman suit and an Iron Man suit. Oh, collect the whole set. You could get both. Oh, God. I just I'm just like such a Batman fan where I kind I, I just added a few mods to my car just to sort of trick it out bat themed. Chris, did you see the video where the two Batmobiles raced? Yes. <laughs> I loved I loved that one. They talk about the new fancy one and I'm like, oh, it's got this the Camaro engine. And they go to the other ones. And this is a Corvette. <laughs> and you're like, oh, boy. <laughs> classic Batmobile. I mean, that's there is something about that with the Batman's character where it's like the car and the vehicles oh, yeah. is a mm-hmm. huge part of it. And there was recently actually at a Bob's Big Boy, and I know that there are photos on the internet you can find, it was all of the various Bat vehicles from all the incarnations of Batman. From the oh, whole show nice. to all of the different movies. Those vehicles had to go somewhere. You guys are You guys are legit nerds as much as like, I mean, that's what's cool. It's like, you start, how do you reconcile? Like, people, I think, make assumptions about those that drive motorcycles as being sort of tough and all almost like mean or like there's a sort of impression that's been that's taken obviously from fiction and the movies and whatnot i'll tell you go to wheelnerds.com and look at the picture at the top and you will see how we reconcile that (laughs) we we like to call it the onesie (laughs) yeah i've looked i mean yeah you guys are like legit nerds but but i do that's uh that is not you just don't look tough in in that suit i'm gonna kick your ass whatever safety guy (laughs) (laughs) there is an assumption of being more tough than someone who drives a regular vehicle. I mean, do you guys get that? I don't think so because the motorcycle mm-hmm. population, you know, we're broken up into tribes, right? There's the guys who are on the Triumphs, on the cruisers, the the Hell Angel dudes that want to be Hell Angels, the mm-hmm. cruiser guys. Those are the guys you think of when you think of, you know, the badass type. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you've got the guys that are following in the, the footsteps of like Ewan McGregor and Charlie Borman where they're on the BMW around the world kind of adventure bike. That population is largely nerds. Yeah. Right. And we, it's just there's nothing tough about a guy on a, on a GS yeah. except maybe his bank account. Mm. It's pretty tough. Yeah. And then there's the Harley tribe. And the Harley thing is that's just not like – I mean that's like a fashion statement as much as it is like um, – Well, those guys are accountants and lawyers and podiatrists. Exactly. Some of them are ear, nose, throat specialists. <laughs> it's sort of like, well, I could guess I could get the Corvette, but I'm getting this. I'm reclaiming some part of my something. youth. My youth. My yeah. youth. The one good thing about the Harley, though, is they're so loud that they never have a problem being seen. I think I'm, I'm going to have to burst your bubble on that one, Chris. That one doesn't hold water. You know, it's really interesting to talk to Chris here because, yeah. you know, he used to ride. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he can talk to us about his Daytona. But at the same time, he's talking to us like a non-rider. Yeah. Because he's he's coming to us with – he's saying the things that we, we expect non-riders to say. We expect the people to – Yeah, so on the, on the noise thing, the trouble, the trouble with the noise idea or the trouble with the seeing thing is where's the noise of the bike? Right. 
you hear it behind you. At which point they've already run you over and they've gone, God, I ran over something really loud. Well, Might have been a dog. One of the guy, one of the guys in my biker group, we just he he always he had a Harley and we would just make fun of him all the time. So he was the odd man out. But, oh. Yeah, exactly. I don't feel sorry for him, but he, and he was not a podiatrist. He was a he was an art director at. Uh, well, this is this is what back in the early nineties and stuff. This was like like, in the nineties, like yeah. So I mean, you guys were on older on older Harley and th- those those bikes they needed. Love. Yeah. Love. They needed love. But he, I think he left it loud on purpose. I heard, heard a lot of guys would do that. Do we just leave it loud on purpose? Just oh, yeah. help being Could, seen, which I respect because it's, it's just weird. Like, I, I mean, you say, I'm talking like a, like a guy, I mean, I haven't ridden it in like 10 years, but I just, I'm sort of drooling at the prospect of, you know, maybe it's time. Maybe, maybe I, you know, I'm getting settled. Like maybe I could get, that's why this, this suggestion of the Ural. I mean, I'm looking at that going like, that is kind of cool. Like if I had the sidecar, that I somewhere to put, because you can only fit a certain amount of groceries in the side bags. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. The sidecar will hold everything. Yes. Yeah, all of it. Yeah. Hey, man, come out for Sundance. We'll throw you in the sidecar. There we go. We'll cruise down Park City Main Street. Oh, my God. Well, that's what Rip about, around a few corners. How do you now, like I never, growing up in L.A., I mean, I would ride in, you know, wet weather, but never in winter weather. Like what's, what's that? Like how is that different? It's hard. Don't do it on two wheels. Mm-hmm. Things happen. Helps to have the third wheel to keep you upright. I hear you can fall and slide in ice. I hear. I- it happens. Yeah, that just seems like I, I would even like in rain, like guys would go, they they wouldn't do it. I wouldn't, I would never like, I would never drink when I was driving, when I was riding to, the, I'd go to the bar and meet my friends and I might have one beer and then I would switch to just the non-alcoholic beer for which I can't pick an alcoholic drink where my friends are not going to make fun of me. <laughs> it's maybe it's maybe it's my group of friends, but it's either like, well, I'll just I'll have the margarita because it's got that tequila stuff in it. Never <laughs> rock salt. But then I would just then I would say, sure, I'll have that non-alcoholic beer. It's a waste of money. You're just the cats, the same calories, but you don't get the effect. It's like I'm riding my motorcycle. I don't want to. I want to live. Yeah. Drinking and riding a motorcycle. You, no. You, you know, bad no. combo. Very bad combo. Yeah. I know that there's I think, a plateau I reach when it's driving a car. I can do it. And, of course, every person who gets a DUI says that or before they get one. I've never gotten one. But The plateau is significantly lower on two wheels. Yeah. I, <laughs> like, I would never do it. Just It's too dangerous. You're, you're taking your life in your own hands. But I would have to say that my best, my best riding experience was actually – this is going to sound strange – during the L.A. riots. <laughs> I – True. This is a true, true story. I got so much free stuff. True story. I was working at the time for a publishing company and I was riding my motorcycle to work like every, you know, like my group of friends would. We would ride motorcycles. Hey, free parking. Gas is cheap. It was one of, it was one of those things where I'm at work and we're like, God, this whole Rodney King thing. And here's what's even more scary. The R- Rodney King's lawyers were in the building where I was working at the time on Wilshire Boulevard. When he gave that speech, can, can we all just get along? That was right outside where I worked, right outside. And I would see him going up in the elevators and whatnot. There were a lot of celebrities that came through there, but I would always see him. I saw like Courtney Love and Kurt Cobain, Magic Johnson. There's just always this parade of people and and his lawyers were there. It was this thing where it's like we were watching the video on the news and it was freaking us all out. Like, oh my God, like this is not, this is really frightening. Like this is insane. Like, you know, this verdict is, it's tearing people apart. It's, it's just nuts. And the, the Beverly Hills police department called the building and said, uh, we cannot guarantee your safety. Go home now. And (laughs) they made an announcement at my work saying, you have to leave and go home now. We're shutting the building down. 
I'm sitting there. Oh, my God. So apparently this phone call was made to everyone at the same time. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, like the work weird hours in L.A., right? Okay, everyone at the same time got this message. My then wife, who was pregnant, li- was working on the west side in Santa Monica. We lived off of like right in the center of Hollywood off Melrose. And everyone got this message. I talked to her. Are you okay? Yeah, she's driving the fair lane home. I'm driving my motorcycle and I'm witnessing things right outside. Like I'm driving by stuff and I'm seeing like people with like just masks on, like, like raiding, just going in and stealing stuff. And this is happening like feet from me. And you know, there's a difference when you're in a car, you feel protected when you're outside. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You want to be closer to everything when you're on a motorcycle. It feels like you're right in the middle. Right. I'm watching stores I shop at and people bashing. They were going around with baseball bats and smashing stuff. And look, I understand that anger clearly. I mean, I grew up in Detroit or right outside of Detroit. And that's, there's just so much racial tension there. It's stupid. In LA, I'd like to say it's better, but our court system doesn't really help things. I'm watching all this stuff happening and it's bumper to bumper traffic. Bumper to bumper traffic when you're on a motorcycle is sort of, what do you do, right? Finally, I'm sitting here, I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Like cop cars are just like, they they weren't (laughs) protecting anything. People were going through red lights. It's the closest thing to the zombie apocalypse I'll ever see. You hope. Exactly. (laughs) I just said, what am I doing? I got up, I pulled out of traffic, I rode up on sidewalks all the way to my house. It was the coolest thing ever. If having a sense of freedom is being on motorcycles, a more of a sense of freedom is riding on the sidewalk home while there's bumper to bumper traffic. It was nuts. And it was kick-ass when you clotheslined a little old lady that was coming out of the store. Well, I, I, that. It was very, I was careful doing it, but I just rode up on the sidewalk. I got home in no time. <laughs> there's, your, there's your L.A. commuting tip. Exactly. Ride right, sidewalks. Because the cops were just basically – they were so you know just dealing with anyone that had any situation that involved a gun, they were addressing that. Anything not related to a gun, i.e. looting or uh, ignoring traffic laws, they just you – know, they looked the other way. Yeah, they didn't whatever. give a shit. So I, I was like, I'm driving home. Then I'm like, I, when is my you know wife going to get home? She is pregnant. This is insane. She finally got home like you know hours later. And then we just sort of hunkered down. It was frightening. But having a motorcycle definitely helped. That was sort of the most dramatic story of, of riding a bike in L.A. And you know we haven't had any riots mm-hmm. since. But I do miss riding, uh, riding up the sidewalk. And if you had a sidecar, you'd have a new TV now. <laughs> I had a sidecar. Well, I mean, you could really fit. I mean, is the sidecar, could you get a sidecar that's almost like just made like a utility? Like it's not necessarily. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Really? People do it all the time. So there's two different mods. Because I'm thinking in my head, like now I think like this is just my attitude about a lot of stuff is this is designed poorly. I can do it better. So I'll get out my drill and I'll I'll create my own thing. I got to warn you, Chris, these Euros. Yeah. They're built like tanks. <laughs> I, we drilled holes in it. It's Chuck's drill was Chuck's drill lost the fight. It, it's built like a Russian tank. Wow! It is. Uh, it would probably be a a lot of fun to mod, but it's it's not going to bend like plastic, uh, like you know, a, a sport bike or something. Well, thank God my Rav Four is mostly fiberglass. <laughs> Hard to drill through. You can punch through it. Yeah, yeah. The Euro, they don't know what this fiberglass you speak of is good. Wow. What's the gas mileage on that? This is a real dumb practical question. Oh, you'll get uh, 45 kilometers to the gallon. I don't know what that comes out to in miles, and it doesn't have miles on it. Yeah, you got to learn to speak metric. You do the Russian. math in your head after a while. Right. Wow. 
I'm see now I'm all fascinated. I didn't I didn't expect I keep thought I'd come out here. Oh, I'll, I'll wax poetic about old stories of riding a motorcycle in L.A. and how much it sucked. And now I'm thinking <laughs> I want to get back into it. Well, if you're on a Ural, you're going to be a lot more visible, but you will have to give up lane splitting entirely. Oh, really? That, that just won't happen on a Ural. What about can you take that sidecar off and then you just? Not really. It doesn't really work like that. Really? No, you with the just... Ural. You have to change the uh, the way the steering works to make it handle decently oh, with a sidecar. Really? It's uh, it's integral to the design of the bike. You can buy a Ural bike without a sidecar. They they make a solo Ural. If for some reason you're sadistic enough to, to want just the bike. <laughs> right. But a bike like with a sidecar is now sounding more and more appealing. Uh, yeah. Well, Urals are hip now. Brad Pitt drives his kids around in one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's all very fancy. Aren't they? Isn't there a Ural dealer there in Southern California? I don't know. On the internet, yes, there is a Ural de- dealer yeah. here. Yeah, but I'm, <laughs> but it's also like I don't need I don't I'm like not looking I'm looking for really practical at this point, which would probably be the two grand bike with the sidecar that I made. <laughs> Wait, I would need I want to see this. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would not be very safe. I I I I would, would avoid that. But I'm sure that if I got it, I definitely modded into something that was bat pod like. <laughs> you got to do the old 60s uh style you, 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 that i could do that that would totally lend itself to a euro what? i just i just i just felt his wallet open from here <laughs> i i don't know this i'm sure i could find this online but maybe you guys know what was the the bat cycle that was in the old 60s batman tv show all i can think of is uh Yvonne Craig on a motorcycle whenever I think that. Oh, God, she was so hot. Batgirl. Oh, Batgirl, yeah, oh, the Batgirl That's cycle. all I can think of is, you know, if you any kind of Bat motorcycle thing, I'm, I'm picturing her on the bike. Mm-hmm. Oh, my mm-hmm. God, yes. I love And she could really ride a motorcycle. That, that was, was actually, they, they made the first one, I think, on one of her old bikes. She was, she was pretty smoking. Yep. <laughs> the weird thing is, I mean, you guys, you guys, I assume, are in relationships. The weird thing is, though, dating when you're on a bike. I mean, it does present issues. You'd think it would be like a plus, but uh, a lot of girls no. are afraid of that. <laughs> Todd, I, I started riding after I was married. Todd was, you were riding. I actually was introduced to my wife by a riding friend. Okay, right, right. And I was riding a Suzuki 1981 GS at 750 at the time, and she kept dating me, which is how I know she loves me for me and not for the bike. I was going to say, like, if, if she was definitely I- into bikes, that, that would not have gotten you far. <laughs> it wasn't a deal breaker, so it's true love. You found the right woman. Did, did you have problems with dating? I mean, would, you, would she just hop on the back when you went on dates and stuff? Or did no, she I'd like, meet her places, generally okay, speaking. Okay. Or take a car, usually hers. <laughs> Bikes. A uh, lot, lot of girls are afraid of those. Oh, this one. This one mostly just girls would look at and be like, "Oh." In fact, the guy I bought it from, I talked to his wife, and I thought she hated bikes. Turns out she has bikes of her own. She just hated that bike. <laughs> right. My wife's been on my bike, back of my bike once, and then promptly declared if we were going to ride, she wanted her own. <laughs> What's funny is, is I think the thing that has actually helped motorcycles the most is when, whenever one will a- appear in a movie, that becomes sort of a mark. That's like a big deal. Like, I mean, certainly, you know, like certain styles of bikes being in a film, that, that makes that bike style popular, you know? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Those the sport bikes, now you're getting the, the faux hipster retro look mm-hmm. yeah. vintage is in mm-hmm. vintage is in yeah i mean in those, those i mean jet bikes i remember just never being popular until akira 
it was Akira that made jet bikes to me cool, like just amongst. Well, I, I was I was too young when that came out. Uh, yeah, I was I was still playing with GI Joes. <laughs> <laughs> guys, this has been great. This is amazing. Like I, I knew this would be a lot of fun, but you guys are really biker nerds. Wheelner. Yeah, that's us. That's kind of how we roll. <laughs> <laughs> Just make sure you send us pictures of your new Ural. Yes, yeah. with all the mods. I, and, you know, you come to Sundance, we'll throw you in Todd's Ural. Definitely. And look, we'll rip it up. If I end up getting a bike, I want to come on the show again because I would love to, like, just talk about, like, what it's like to sort of get back into it. Because now the whole thing was is, like, awesome. my kids are young. Like, now they're, like, older and, like, they're humans. Now I'm thinking, like, I kind of want to ride a bike again. I kind of want to. And just We would uh, love to hear about you coming back as a returning rider. That would be awesome. Thanks for coming on, man. This was, was really cool. Well, I hope that your, I hope your audience – if your audience likes what I do, they can check out my show, Pod Crash. Which is also it's on iTunes Pod Crash with that Chris Gore and uh, this is the whole the whole point of the show is like I introduce my audience to your show and maybe if your audience likes what I had to say about a few things thought I was funny uh, maybe they'll listen to episodes of my podcast also cool but this was like a blast you- yeah you take it easy Chris cool thanks a lot we'll see ya wow that was pretty cool uh, the, the riots thing man <laughs> I can't get that out of my head I it's just I, it was so weird listening to him talk. Because he's saying things to us that mm-hmm. we're just – it's just so wrong. <laughs> or not wrong, but, you know, it's just so twisted. Well, it, I, th- I think twisted might not even be the word. I think no. it's just – it's a different perspective. So Yeah, it's so different. Have. It's so different. We're so used to having the writer perspective, talking yeah. to other writers. We're with writer guys. Everybody we talk to is writer, Mick Ryderson. And then we got Chris who comes to us with, you know, he's ridden. Yep. He obviously loved his bike, but, you know, it's been mm-hmm. years and now you know, he's got this perspective. You know, we, we it's the kind of perspective we joke about other people having, but we're actually hearing, you know, hearing yeah. it. And it's it's the kind of thing that's really, frankly, easy, I imagine, to build up. You well, know, he's yeah. had his experiences with riding, so he's got what he knows. So it's not like he's shooting bullshit. No, no, yeah. He's, he's basing it on his own experience. He's in L.A. Which and he's in L.A. a horrible traffic Oy. nightmare. Have you, have you been driving have no you done any of it yeah exposed to la yeah how about new york because you're from oh yeah oh okay. fuck yeah new york boston oh yeah okay yeah so la i imagine it's it's pretty similar i mean it's hugely congested does it have one-way streets that people ignore and that don't make sense that are hard to get places you with? don't ignore them you accidentally turn on to them by accident okay yeah was it built before there was such thing as a car because that's the real problem modern. with boston la's problem is even though the interstates are fairly modern mm-hmm they're not modern enough. They haven't kept up with the population mm, growth. Gotcha. So, well, I think it's that's that's one of those things for noobs. You know, it's a great illustration of noobs aren't always totally new to the sport. Sometimes noob is someone that's coming back to the sport. Sometimes, just back, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you gotta figure out what's are things still like I remember. Doesn't make sense. Do I live in L.A.? <laughs> <laughs> do, do I need to move out of Southern California? <laughs> Maybe I should move. <laughs> it doesn't make me want to. Ride my bike up to L.A. I'm not dashing over there. No. I'll tell you that. Well, you know, L.A. is bad. The San Francisco area is horrible. That's a nightmare. I actually, I went, I went all New York when I got there. I was there with my wife in the car. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, people are cutting me off. I'm like, yeah, time for New York. That <laughs> <laughs> oh, was three feet to spare. Oh, here I come, fucker. His car is $20,000 more than mine. He'll move. <laughs> <laughs> He's on a motorcycle. He'll move. <laughs> It'd be kind of cool if he did get a Ural. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be great. That'd be I'd love stupid. to hear that. Be a great time to take that through Sundance too. Maybe I can start taking famous people. I wonder if I could get like a like a commercial license and take famous people around in the Ural. You just hey, come up. on the hip thing. I'd be like famous people Ural rides. Pull them up to the red carpet. <laughs> We're here. There's a guy in a onesie. I 
giant cloud of black smoke. <laughs> well, it does that thing when you turn it off now, where if it's really warm, you'll turn it off and it'll go blah 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 blah. blah. <laughs> like Jed Clampett's truck. <laughs> That's the red carpet vehicle of choice. Celebrities, call now. <laughs> Reserve your place now. Reserve your place in the Ural for Sundance. <laughs> Todd's Ural service. Door aircraft to door red carpet. And mine has the hard to get Canadian sidecar bumper, so I can ram Brad Pitt's Ural and barely <laughs> notice. <laughs> get him! Gary is get him! <laughs> uh, the only person that would hire you for that would be Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> and then you would have Jennifer Aniston in your sidecar. I'm not seeing a downside to this plan. I like it so far. <laughs> Wait, I have to go buy a Ural. What have you learned this week, Chuck? I need a Ural. <laughs> then I can meet Jennifer Aniston. I've learned that may, my Ural may soon be worth a lot more than I originally thought on the open market. <laughs> <laughs> but that's all we've got time for this week. Until next time, I'm Todd. And I'm Chuck. Ride safe, everyone. We'll see you next week. If you like this podcast, you can find more like it at wheelnerds.com. This has been a Wheel Nerds production, all rights reserved. Readings from other sources are the property of their respective owners and are used with satirical intent.